0: blog talk radio
1: Like I'm uh, Nathan and with you tonight, of course, is our Wonder Woman, Miss Rainey. How are you, honey?
2: I'm doing well. Just dealing with uh, oh,
1: yeah. techie
2: problems this evening, but other than that, I'm doing fine. <laughs>
1: well, techie problems are always fun. At least you
2: ain't got Not a really. hurricane
1: breathing in.
2: <laughs> this is true. That sounds a little scary. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: hopefully yeah, everybody's getting do. in and getting out of but, there. Well, some of us are, you know, digging in and going, okay, which direction is the day thing going? And others other people are going, I'm leaving. And it's like, it's West Virginia. It'll hit the mountains. We will have winds the size of taxes, and we will have rain. Thank goodness I didn't plant a garden. We've already had rain the past six days. I'm really looking at investing in a yacht to sit in my backyard
2: (laughs) just so it'll float. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Well, we've had some wind here. I don't know if it's necessarily related.
0: (laughs) Well, it's all
1: related. Well, I prefer (laughs) to prepare for some rain. I will probably have it shipped out UPS weather by next week for you.
2: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I'll be looking for it. Well, you, know,
1: <laughs> you always enjoy sending me the snow. I figured I'd send you the rain.
2: Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, Lord knows well, you can
1: just package it up and send it on to your mama.
2: That is true. But you know, She's in California, honey. They really need some rain.
1: And that's what I said. You can just keep packing it up and sending it over to your mom. <laughs>
2: this is true. This is true. <laughs> so how's your week going other than the weather? It's going really well,
1: you know, bumping along here, being entertained by our government. Um it's really
2: what like you call hmm, that interesting interesting yeah this is definitely a day for us to go back and reflect uh mm-hmm. you know um 911 and you know kind of pay honor to those who you know suffered loss and who were lost during that time period and come together as mm-hmm. a country and and uh you know it just seems like every year you know just seems like yesterday, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, it's hard to believe that children born that day are now driving. Pardon me. Children born that day are now driving. They've been driving yeah. for over a year.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. We have a
1: generation some- of. Teenagers that does not know,
0: what um,
1: it, what happened? We have a generation of teenagers yeah. that doesn't know like before nine eleven.
2: Exactly, exactly, and it's a time period that really, quite frankly, forever changed us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, because I don't think there's one well, of us who changed. doesn't remember where they at or what we were doing, and uh, you know, that's like. Um, oh, gosh, Um, you know, remember Pearl Harbor. I don't remember Pearl Harbor. I wasn't around, you know, so I don't remember Mm -hmm. Pearl Harbor. Um, You know, my sister Mm -hmm. was born on December 7th. Um, She obviously doesn't remember. She's younger than I am, you know, and uh, a lot of people say, you know, um, you know, it's kind of similar to that in a way, if you can look at it that way, you know, from a disaster perspective. You know, um, people we know and love died. You know, we were attacked. And the same thing with
0: Mm 9-11. And
2: it does. It it forever changes, you know, your perspective. You know, I remember growing up always thinking we were safe and we didn't have to worry about all those things that other countries had to worry about. And Mm 9-11 forever changed me and probably most people I know. And for the younger generation, they don't know. Yeah.
1: They don't know. They don't know that you know. Used to, it didn't matter um, what your employment. That it didn't matter. You know, even still today, I carry a passport with me. I carry IDs with me. You know, life before nine eleven was much different. But of course, right mm-hmm. before pres- you know the 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 you know the moment of you know Ken- both Kennedy brothers being shot was different. Before right. Pearl Harbor was different, and we mm-hmm. keep, and this is the important part, we keep having to reinvent, we pick our pieces up, we rebuild our lives, we focus our lives on things, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just weird, you know, that now things that we experience, you know, I was in the middle of a right. client call. You know, yeah. watching TV in the background wasn't even important. You know, now it's like watching history occur, watching things happen. Um, and yeah. now, you know, to think that, you know, children are now driving that don't even know what nine eleven is. is. Um, children are now don't even know what, you know, hospital birth certificates look like because they no longer issue them.
2: They you don't. to wait
1: and get a federal birth certificate. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hospitals are no longer issuing birth certificates. The Office of Divided wow. Statistics is actually the one that issues birth certificates. I didn't know that until like a couple of years after 9-11 when I had to travel and I had to have mm-hmm. a birth certificate because I had to renew my passport. I had the same birth certificate for probably ever from the mm-hmm. hospital, you know, and, you know, went to go, here, here you go. Well, we don't accept those. It doesn't have the gold seal
2: on it. Wow. I didn't know that. That means my children and I all both need to reorder birth certificates.
1: Yes, you did. Um, Yeah. Banking and financials got a lot more stringent after 9-11.
2: Well, I don't know. Being a victim of fraud, I'm not exactly sure if I believe that. <laughs> well,
0: I believe it, Cause honey, they you know, because I used to have first issued the bank, in the business thing. They they, they, they
2: they did use the banking system, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that, that uh, the banking system really did their job, you know. But, you know,
0: well, having gone through you that, you I kind of think of
1: America, there. honey. I done told you to get a um, credit union years ago.
2: Um, I have a credit union, and uh, mm-hmm. I've never used Bank of America. And um, mm-hmm. actually, uh, yes, my bank, um, you know, was able to take the money because the people who committed the fraud did it. But there were several banks involved. I have to tell you, it wasn't just mm-hmm. one. So, uh, right. I had nothing to do with them, you know, because I wasn't the one who committed the fraud, obviously. You know, but, uh, you know, supposedly about being strict and stringent, they were not. In fact, I think they Mm -hmm. were rather lenient because if they'd done their research, they probably would have known it wasn't me. But fraud is a big problem in our country now, too, now that we have the technological age. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's too many people who can say they have not had it committed to them on them at this point because it's that rampant, if you think. But hopefully mm-hmm. we will eventually catch up with technology. Right. I think technology has kind of gotten out of our hands a little bit, if you will. You know what I mean?
1: Well, but, I think yeah, that it's, it's not so much technology. Uh-huh. Okay, I feel more so. It has to do with the laws not growing up with us um, right. the, you know we're still trying you know Senators don't even know what freaking Facebook and Twitter is, but yet their president's using it to attack them.
2: Well, I I don't think he was the first one, you know. I mean, at least the last couple of presidents have used, you know, Facebook. Well, I don't know about Facebook, but certainly Twitter, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, our laws have not caught up with technology. Technology has surpassed it. And, you know, and I think that's, you know, if you think about it, the government really doesn't have that clear of an understanding of it. Right you know, when when they approved a lot of these big companies, um, they didn't necessarily call them companies. Uh, They're free, they're, I think they're underscored as as free information venues, Mm -hmm. if you will, I don't remember the exact term. So therefore, they are not under the same rules and regulations as other companies. I do think that they need to make some changes there. You know, and it's kind of a real, and I know we've talked about this before, where it's a real fine line of where do you take away freedom of speech at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have some control here. Because they are controlling what information is and isn't going on out there. Some of the information we don't like. And, well,
1: some of the information you, know, he, you have to search out.
2: I agree, and I think that's everybody's responsibility now. Don't just trust what you see. Mm-hmm. Go and do the research. Go and do the research.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think a lot of what you will find online actually isn't necessarily factual.
1: Yeah. You well, know, no, I think what you do believe. find online, you have to do the look at That's why I like exactly. to go out of the country. Out of control of information and listen to it in other places. Germany, what well, you uh, know? I never start. thought. You know, BBC Britain, not Americans. Britain. Yes. Yeah, um, those places.
0: Yeah
2: and I do think that if you go to government websites you you know if you're actually looking at actual documents if that's something you're doing mm-hmm. research on that can be helpful too and I know you know someone who was very involved you know with um the political science realm of teaching I had to go do the extra research otherwise my students weren't going to get the correct information because what they put in the books isn't necessarily factual mm-hmm. it's what somebody decided that Our kids should learn, and it isn't necessarily the facts, you know. And uh, so you do have to do your due diligence and look outside of the box. But we're really at a point where, and I know not everybody's going to do this because a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't care, you know, or even know how, but you really do have to do your due diligence and start doing your own research. Be very surprised Mm -hmm. what we find out there. Amazing, huh? Oh, it is. It is, it is. It yeah. Is. So, Yes, we do.
1: Hop <laughs> over and grab Cindy and get her up to the table. Hey, Cindy, how you doing, hon?
3: I'm great. How are you guys? Wonderful. Thank you for calling oh.
1: in. I'm
3: so happy to be here.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Well, I live outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm a yogi and a lawyer, and I just recently published my first book on yoga philosophy.
2: Oh, how exciting. Yeah,
3: very exciting.
2: That's that's definitely different from law, isn't it?
3: (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. I I am now perfectly balanced out between the two.
2: I would say mm-hmm. that's a real big shift between the two, isn't it? It is. <laughs> you probably is. have to have something very different, uh, you know, if you're in the law, if you're in the law field, you probably have to have something very different to balance that out. <laughs>
3: I've definitely found that to be true, for sure.
2: <laughs> so, how did you uh, become involved as a uh, yoga
0: teacher?
3: Well, it was How'd about. About 15 years ago, I just—I've always been an avid exercise, uh, exerciser, and mm-hmm. I kept hearing that this thing called yoga was a great workout. So that's actually what initially drew me to it, and I pretty quickly became addicted to the physical practice of yoga. But also discovered that it's so much more than just that. It really there's a philosophy behind it that goes back thousands and thousands of years, and Really provides a beautiful sort of roadmap, if you will, as to how to how to live life.
2: Oh, wonderful. So, um, you talk about a little bit about your cultivating your inner shine. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, I really think, and yoga philosophy teaches us that we all have this real self deep within. That's fine just as it is. That doesn't need to be changed or fixed or um, doesn't need to lose weight or get nicer clothes or a nicer car or a bigger house. It's good as it is. And for me, the practice of yoga has been a way of sort of stripping back everything that you don't really need in your life to be happy and fulfilled and just brings you closer to your true self. So that's what I'm referring to in that tagline
2: okay, okay mm-hmm. and and so, how do you go about determining what it is that you do and you don't need?
3: Well, I mean it's it's a process, so mm-hmm. you know, in the book, I really talk about all of the parts of the yoga practice. It's an eight uh-huh. part or eight limb path, and so the physical practice is one of them, but only one of eight. And you know, I sort of walk the reader through. The various parts of the practice that help you discern for yourself um, you know what you want to hang on to, what you don't need to hang on to, how to you know live your life in line and in alignment with your ethics and your values. Um, I spend a lot of time talking about mindfulness and meditation, which meditation is a huge part of the yoga practice. And, right. um, mm-hmm. yeah, there, so there's there's a lot to it. There's breath work is an entire limb of the practice. There's a lot going on with this thing we call yoga.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I'm quite certain that some of the things that we think we need to hold on to, we don't necessarily need to.
3: Absolutely. I think that's true.
2: Yeah. So... Um, when did you first start practicing yoga and, and, you know, what was it that appealed to you?
3: So it really, you know, as I said, I was really initially drawn to the physical practice and uh-huh. that's what drew me in. Geez, about, you know, a decade and a half ago or so now. And uh-huh. I, I started to notice that I just really liked the way I felt after class. I was more grounded and centered and a little less, impatient and reactive and I started to
0: mm-hmm. you know
3: sort of think, hey, there's more going on here than just, you know, stretching and contorting and inverting and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Excellent.
1: Well, you know, I love that Crystal Lotus has yoga classes and we have a really great instructor there. too Um Uh huh. But what gets me about it is I'm not a pretzel.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. I'm seeing some (laughs) of the stuff, and it's like, "Mm mm-mm, this big boy don't do that. We don't bend that way. So is it, you know, physical enough for some people, or how do you view that?
3: Well, it's such a great question. I'm so glad you raised that. I mean, so much of yoga is actually not at all about the physical practice. So to practice yoga, you don't need to – do any physical yoga in my opinion however there are so many kinds of yoga out there um,
0: that Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. you
3: can do gentle yoga you can do yoga in a chair you can do yoga lying on the ground the whole time you don't have to be a contortionist or a pretzel or anything like that and I think in some ways Mm -hmm. modern Yoga has been misrepresented in our sort of popular culture so that people Mm -hmm. like you think, oh, well, I I can't get myself into a pretzel, so I guess this isn't for me. And that's really a misunderstanding of yoga. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, that's an important thing that you bring up there because, um, you know, I've taken yoga classes in the past, but I also, you know, in the last few years have had, you know, some physical things happen to me that make me a little leery you know, Mm -hmm. to try different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're saying for people who do have physical limitations that they can still practice yoga.
3: Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, yoga Mm -hmm. originated as as just a way to, the physical practice, that is, as a way to move the body and get the body comfortable and supple enough so that the practitioner could sit in meditation. So meditation was yoga. Mm -hmm. You sit and focus on your breath or use a mantra or something like that for five minutes a day, one minute a day, you're practicing Mm -hmm. yoga. But I also want to just point out that the physical practice is so much more inclusive than we might think it is. So, um, yeah, yeah, as I said, chair yoga is becoming increasingly popular, yoga for people um, with different chronic conditions and things like that. It really Mm -hmm. is quite accessible
1: and there is some philosophy that you talk about it in your book can you kind of describe a little bit of that
3: a little bit of the philosophy did you say yes yeah absolutely I'd love to so it's really more of a philosophy than it is a physical exercise so as I as I said you know there are eight, eight parts to this path that we call yoga And I I sort of base the philosophy I describe in my book on the Yoga Sutras, which is considered by many the quintessential text of all yoga philosophy um, written, you know, many, many hundreds of years ago um, by Patanjali. And it lays out this eight-part path. So the first two limbs actually deal with ethics in terms of ethics relating to the world around you ethics relating to how you cultivate your relationship with yourself um so for example those are two of the limbs that are an important part of the philosophy and i think Mm -hmm. probably most modern yogis don't don't know that um or if they do Mm -hmm. they might not know limbs, you know number six seven and eight so you know if it would be helpful to the listeners i'm happy to review the eight limbs quickly but um
4: yeah, yeah, it's really a, it.
3: comprehensive. Okay, super. So limb number one is called the yamas, and these are considered external restraints or things that govern the way we move through the world. So one of them, the, the main one, is nonviolence. It's the first of five. And the Sanskrit mm-hmm. word is ahimsa. And it's sort of like if you think of Gandhi as embodying this, ethical, constraint, okay. nonviolence, um, it's sort of posited as a way to live your life. And it's not just with respect to, okay, I don't go out and kill people or hit people, so I'm good. It's a much deeper dive analysis of, okay, what's happening at the level of my words? What's happening at the level of my thoughts? Um, and so that's just one of five of the Yamas. The second limb is called the Niyamas. These are internal restraints or ways we relate to ourselves. So one of them, for example, is called uh, Svadhyaya is the Sanskrit word. It means self-study. And so we're instructed to really go inward and observe what are the things that kind of get us riled up in life, what ticks off our reactivity. And it's Mm -hmm. from a place of, like, awareness and self-observation that we can then make more skillful choices if we choose to. So those are the first two. The third limb is asana, that's the physical practice that we've already chatted about briefly. The fourth limb is called pranayama, which means breath control. So there are breathing exercises that if you've been to a yoga class, you've probably experienced in some way. But breathing exercises on their own without the physical postures are also an important part of the practice. And it's really interesting because they regulate the nervous system in a way that's being validated by more and more scientific studies. And this is a practice mm-hmm. that dates back 5,000 years. So it's very interesting. The science mm-hmm. is like now catching up to the yoga.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, it's funny. So that's four. Yeah. The number five is called um, Pratyahara, which means sensory withdrawal. And this is where the practitioner sort of sh- moves away from all the stimulus in the external world and goes inward. So back in the day of the ancient yogi you imagine yogi walking into a cave and staying there for months or even years so i think it has actually so much applicability to our modern lives that are increasingly Mm -hmm. busy and we're inundated Mm -hmm. with so much external stimuli that um this limb just sort of reminds us to go in and Mm -hmm. the next limb is called dharana That means concentration, and that's actually the first stage of meditation. So it's when you, for example, bring your um, awareness to your breath, and then you practice
0: Mm -hmm. your awareness
3: on your breath, which is harder to do Ah. than it may sound.
0: Right.
3: Next limb, we're at number seven now, I believe, is dhyana, which which is meditation. So there's an entire limb devoted to meditation and all that that entails. And then the final limb called samadhi is enlightenment. And that is something that, you know, some yogis may view as completely unattainable or out of reach. But in the book Radiate, I really talk about it in a more – accessible way where I think people that practice yoga and meditation and the ethics of the philosophy can catch glimpses of really just a sense of connection with some, to something bigger than themselves.
0: Yeah. And
3: that, I mean, I, I know that was a mouthful and a half, but that's the eight limbs in a nutshell.
0: Uh, well, now, no, and you... that was a good bit. yeah do you pack that, that in there
2: do you think that a lot of um uh, modern uh uh people who teach yoga uh have a really good grasp on it?
3: You know not enough not I think mm-hmm. there are incredibly skilled yoga teachers out there. I've been lucky enough to learn from a lot of them myself as a yoga teacher, but mm-hmm. I think there are okay. many many yoga teachers that are purely focused on. The physical part of the practice, the exercise, the fancy poses, um, the social media act, aspect of the practice, which is obviously new, as we were, you were talking earlier about technology. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I think there's, um, there's way too many teachers and students, primarily students, are missing this whole bigger context of what yoga is.
0: And, and speaking well, of how do you think a teacher fixes that
3: Study I mean becoming a yoga teacher, I think takes an incredible amount of they
0: did.
3: yeah, up study so it's it's uh-huh. pretty easy in you know in the u s anyway to get certified to teach yoga. It could be as simple as a two hundred mm-hmm. hour course, which is not very much when you think of all that yoga entails um so. I think yoga teachers have to sort of take it upon themselves to further their studies.
0: Mhm. But
1: how does
5: the teachers
1: get the students past the oh let's go to yoga and then we'll have, we'll stop and get a, a pumpkin spice latte?
3: Yeah, and and hey, let's not knock the pumpkin spice latte. Nothing wrong with a yoga class followed by a latte, but to get right you know, I see your point going past that. I think, you know, I'll speak for myself as a teacher. I try not to hit my students over the head by preaching or lecturing or anything like that. I'm certainly not Mm -hmm. speaking to them from any kind of a pedestal. I'm on my own journey just like they are. But I think a a knowledgeable teacher who can sprinkle in bits of philosophy as we're teaching yoga, like, hey, you guys, we're actually right Mm -hmm. now practicing Self observation. So stay in this pose. Notice mm-hmm. your reactivity. See if you can come back to your breath. Mm-hmm. And and you know that would that's just a tiny example. But there are ways to for a skilled teacher to integrate what yo- what the larger meaning of yoga is into the class.
2: Yeah, very good because yeah, um, because when you bring that up, it makes you think of it. So right. It makes you a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, what do you say to those people that throw you – know, oh, well, yoga is against my religion because yoga is exercise and philosophy. I'm not hearing much thing about religion, but a lot of people yeah, you, throw that out there.
3: That's so interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Yoga is not a religion in my view. It comes from India where it perhaps you know coincided with some religious beliefs, but it's not a religion. You can, in my opinion, yoga coincides beautifully with any of the major religions. You can be a devout Christian and practice yoga. You can be an observant Jew and practice yoga, etc. It also coexists perfectly with a complete lack of religion. So someone who's an atheist can practice yoga and not feel like it conflicts with their beliefs. And I also Mm -hmm. really think yoga is... um, You know, to me, it's supposed to be an inclusive Big Ten affair. So, if if someone, Mm -hmm. for example, is in um, religious, Catholic, or Christian, and says, Don't tell me about the ethics in the yoga practice, I already have my own rules of ethics that I live by, fine. Okay. So, skip those two limbs if you got that covered elsewhere. Let's talk about the breath, Mm -hmm. let's talk about mindfulness. So I think it is something in my mind that I would encourage people to think about as it's a buffet, pick and choose, discern, see what you like, no. see what fits with your life. It doesn't have to be all or nothing.
1: Yeah, but well, one you know. Is, you know, something that you bring up here, which is mindfulness. There's a lot of dogma wrapped around mindfulness in the Christian religion. There's a lot of dogma uh, wrapped around Judaism on mindfulness, and it seems that common core like hey you do you know this could help you do that that I find mm. interesting mm-hmm
3: right, yeah, that is super interesting, and mindfulness as I'm, as I speak of it in the book, and I think as as it's gotten so much traction in modern culture is really a secular mm-hmm. idea that you know as i said with yoga coexists with religion or a lack of religion it's really simply mm-hmm. being aware of what's happening in any given moment which again you know sounds incredibly simple but is perhaps not so easy so it's it's almost if you were meditating for example i tell my meditation students sit observe your breath and now witness what comes up so you take the seat of the witness And you observe, oh, there Mm -hmm. go my thoughts, there goes my to-do list, there goes my um, negativity, my self-criticism, whatever it is. Mm
0: -hmm. And when you
3: observe Uh it, you're almost standing behind it, if you will, and Mm -hmm. it has less pull on you. That's mindfulness.
2: Ah, yeah, very good point. Very good.
3: Yeah. You know,
2: standing behind it instead of being in it. And, you know, allowing it, Mm. allowing that energy to kind of take over and affect you in a negative way. Right. Which we are pretty used to doing every day on a daily basis.
3: I think that's true. I think we are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, for me, I don't think mixing that with, with religion would really be too much of an issue. But I understand that, you know, there are people who would feel that way. Because if you think about even just your short explanation of each one, you know, they really do kind of go along, you know, similar tenets of most religions, at least that I know of.
3: I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it will be an added tool, you know, like prayer and meditation, you know,
3: to help
2: you along your walk, whatever, you, you know, you're choosing that to be.
3: I think that's absolutely right. You can think of it as additional tools for, you know, your spiritual toolbox.
2: Your spiritual (laughs) toolbox, yes, absolutely. Now, health-wise, you know, I know this is a little bit off the track here, but health-wise, what are the benefits, or are there any? I'm assuming there are.
3: Oh, this is right on track. (laughs) Absolutely. There are so many. How much time do you have? (laughs)
0: Um, yoga
3: primarily works at the, so we think about the central nervous system and Uh so let me, let me just back up a moment and state some of the obvious. So as we start to age, as some of us are doing, uh, myself included, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we do tend to lose mobility and flexibility and, Yoga Mm -hmm. is something that helps keep the muscles and the ligaments and tendons and fascia um, supple and strong. So we can just inhabit our bodies in a way that feels better. So that increases the quality of our lives. And then the next thing I want to talk about, which is probably the most significant of the health benefits of yoga, although I'm almost afraid to say that because, as I said, there are so many health benefits, is the effect Uh it has on our central nervous system. So, so many of us are under chronic stress, whether it's, you know, from work or family life Mm -hmm. or politics or whatever it is. And when we're in that mode, the body's in what we call fight or flight. That is the sympathetic nervous system. And the negative health effects of being in that space where the hormone cortisol is, released into the bloodstream, have been very um, thoroughly documented and studied, et cetera. So there's an increased risk of heart attack when your body's in fight or flight. There's an increased risk of obesity, insomnia, depression, anxiety, all sorts of things. Um, there's also a mm-hmm. lot more inflammation in the body, so there could be a risk of cancer, things like that. So yoga helps us regulate the nervous system in a way that kicks us into the parasympathetic nervous system, otherwise known as rest and digest. And this is where we no longer are flooded with cortisol. Instead, we get Mm -hmm. the feel-good hormones like serotonin and oxytocin released into the bloodstream. And Mm -hmm. this is where we find a little more zen in our days, less inflammation, better sleep, better digestion, better functioning of respiratory and cardiac systems. So, yeah, that's, that's just perhaps tip of the iceberg in terms of the health benefits of yoga.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and you know with the way society works now and kind of where we're all at, that could be something that would be very, very beneficial. You know, um, yes. a lot of people, you know, who do have digestive issues, sleep insomnia, that's very common these days, anxiety. You know, people are Very just stressed common. out about just trying to deal with everyday life.
3: Yeah, I know? think that's right. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. – so even more than, you know, I was mentioning like a spiritual toolbox, this is just like a life life hacks, life toolbox.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh, right. uh uh-huh. you
1: know, but You know, and I find them all connected. You know, you can't separate the spiritual toolbox from the life toolbox or – Yeah,
3: can, agree. You know,
1: you know, so it's kind of like your own, you know, your own growth toolbox.
3: Yeah, I, that's how, and that's really how yoga is operated for me in my life. And I think for a lot mm-hmm. of my students.
1: Well, what has been your oh, funnest yeah. moment teaching yoga?
3: Oh, God, let's see. I've had so many. I mean, I feel most, I feel so present and alive and connected when I'm teaching yoga. And I've had some great moments where you you know you sort of have people in a challenging posture and you can feel the tension in the room rising and people are getting riled up and then you can diffuse mm-hmm. it by bringing it back to like the self-observation or the breath and the best is when you like crack a joke and the tension's just relieved because everybody just starts laughing and sort of comes out of the pose. So I feel like Mm -hmm. there have been moments of just fun catharsis, and I also love when I see a student um, advance in a skill, like perhaps get a challenging posture that was not accessible to them a few months prior, and all of a sudden they get it, and you see that childlike look of joy in their eyes. That's so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so there are so many things that are amazing about teaching yoga.
0: I can
2: also imagine that it's very, very, you get really tuned in intuitively, you know, with people, you know, through this practice.
3: Yes, absolutely. There's a way, it's, uh, teaching yoga is an energetic exchange and practicing yoga is an energetic practice. So you can. Feel the shift in the energy and you'll hear students talk about it after class and just as a student myself I've experienced that mm-hmm. so yeah I think you're, you're right. absolutely right it, it that happens not just for the teacher but for the student too
0: yes yes you're right
2: well when we do you open know, up it, and t- it tends to happen
3: right exactly
2: all right you know
3: um, so where can
1: people get your book at hon huh? Well, because it's, it's a on good Amazon. Read. It's actually interesting. Thank
3: mm-hmm. you so much. The book's on Amazon. Um, the title is Radiate, but it's spelled in a in an unusual way. It's R A D I and then the number eight. So Radiate by Cindy Warren, and Cindy is with an S, and it's right there on Amazon for everyone. Wow, Her and then it's
1: available in Kindle version. It is. So why Radiate? Why does that you know? Why did you name your book that?
3: It's a nod to the tradition of the eight limb path. So I really wanted to capture okay. the big picture of the eight limbed philosophy, which I, you know, as I said, I think too many practitioners are unaware of. And mm-hmm. what I've felt in my own life and seen for my students is that a regular practice of yoga does bring out something that's so authentic and beautiful mm-hmm. and shiny in people. Like, they start to radiate. So it was a little bit of a play on words and a nod to tradition.
2: Ah, right. I like that. I like that. Oh, very cool. Very <laughs> I cool.
1: like that. And do you have classes, some symposiums? Are you still teaching?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I te- I, so I teach locally in Cleveland, Ohio. I have a website, which is um, – www.yoga8, again, as a number, yoga8book.com. And yeah, I mm-hmm. teach public classes. And if anyone is interested in reaching out to me on Facebook or Instagram under Cindy Warren, I always love talking to people with uh, questions, comments, insights, whatever you have, whatever it is about uh, yoga or meditation.
0: Cool.
1: Okay, well, listeners, now you know where to get the book, and if you're not there, you again can you know come on over to Crystal Lettuce because we have Jennifer Fisher and she does yoga, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I think it is. You'll have to check out clfwv dot to see about those classes. Um, you know, so hop in. You know, say you heard us some second coffee shop I'm sure she'd be happy to hear from you. Um, Hop in and if you're in, you know, the uh, Cincinnati area. Let Cindy show you some of these poses. She Cleveland. has a lot of
2: knowledge. Is it Cleveland?
0: Yes,
2: Cleveland. Cleveland.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland.
2: Okay. A
0: little yeah, it's Cleveland. Sorry. <laughs> it's in Ohio. I wanted to ask you a, que- a question
2: uh-huh. real quick, and I don't know if it's, it's you know, um, something that came up for me. Uh, do you have any YouTube thing, any YouTube classes that people can watch? Anything that people can I, look at, you know, not Yeah,
3: no, I real I don't have any classes online. I'm more focused on the that's local okay. community. But yeah,
0: <laughs> thank you for that's asking.
3: Okay. Maybe maybe you've just yeah. planted a seed.
0: Hey, maybe or, I you know, did. <laughs> That's where people are moving to a lot.
3: Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank well, I you think for that's coming wonderful. on. What I'm
2: excited about is the is the healing aspect of it. I think that sounds mm. a lot of us need that.
3: Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you both so much. Mm. It's really been such a pleasure.
2: Thank, thank you.
3: You're
0: welcome,
1: and come on back when you write us. the next one.
3: Okay, with I would love uh-huh. to. Thanks so much.
1: Uh huh. Thank
4: Good you. Night, bye
3: bye. All right, Miss Ready,
1: let's. Take a break and then we'll come back and we'll take maybe one or two callers. What do you say?
2: That sounds fine with me.
1: All right, huh? we're going to be on a break, guys. We'll be back.
0: And you'll find us at www.themagichappens.com, your free online magazine.
5: for loving, caring, spiritual answers, then you need to give Rainy a call. Her number is 303-416- 2977. She's able to give you a reading, see what your life path holds, plus what the angels and crossover loved ones has to say about it. Visit PsychicRainyLove.com for more details. And remember, Rainy spelled R-A-I-N-E. <laughs>
4: As a busy modern woman, I'm constantly on the go. Having to make multiple stops while I'm out shopping or getting things done just doesn't work for me. That's why I love going to the Crystal Lotus shop for every one of my metaphysical needs. They have all the basics like stones, candles, sage, plus they carry jewelry, herbs, cards, a variety of unique gifts, and several other items you're probably looking for. Uh Uh-oh, sounds like my husband's old college injury flared up again. That's okay. I can count on the team of healers at the Crystal Lotus to fix him right up. They offer massage, Reiki, Calamni, as well as other energy modalities, all performed by licensed, highly trained, and gifted practitioners. And while he's being taken care of, I'll sit down and get some guidance by one of their accomplished psychic readers. Oh, and did I mention they do custom orders and have gift certificates as well? they even offer yoga several days a week for all levels of experience. Plus, the last Saturday of every month, they have Psychic Saturday, where they offer discounts on readings as well as many healing sessions. Stop in to meet Shauna and the rest of the family there. They're located at 89 Old Main Plaza in St. Albans, where the Loop Pharmacy used to be. Or give them a call at 304-729-8055. Crystal Lotus, Taking the spirit where the body cannot go. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with. All day long. Tap, 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 tap. Bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys.
3: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
2: Did you know that you can have a reading with Asin in person? Or you can reach him by phone chat, or even text message, you should really check out his site, aceandnight.com, or give him a call. His number is
0: 304-584-3592. Hi, welcome, relax, have a cup of your favorite
2: topics with your hosts Ace and Knight and Rain Love. There's nothing like a good conversation to warm your soul and give your spirit a break now and then. Acid and Love have such a wonderful way of exploring topics like psychic phenomena, important topics in our daily lives from a psychic's point of view, and you never know who else will stop by. The Psychic Coffee Shop, live on Blog Talk Radio.
0: So come on in. We made a fresh cup of java Just for you.
5: Do you like a little more grrrr with your coffee? Then tune in to Mountain Bears here on Blog Talk on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. For the latest in LGBT topics, current
0: events, and technology.
5: Every Thursday night, we'll be here. Join us as the Mountain Bears explore these topics and more. All
1: right, well, welcome back. All right, we probably have time for one caller tonight at least. Please remember name, birth date, and question. All right, let's go to 703. 703, you're on the air. 703. Hello? 703. One, twice. All right, you're listening. Got it. All right, let's go to 347. 347, you're on the air. 347. Oh, listen in also. Hello? 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 Hi. 347. Hi. Hi.
0: Thanks for Hi. taking
2: my
6: call.
2: Sure. What's your name and birthday?
6: This is Tanika. My birthday is 9378, just passed.
2: Hi, nice. and happy belated birthday, by the way. What's your question tonight?
6: I just wanted to know what you guys see for me uh, with my current job. Um, what do you see the outcome? What do you see is going on with it? And if you see anything for me with love, um, particularly with someone that I was talking to named Mark. Who was actually my first from high school? We stopped talking, No, he lives in Florida. He seems to have a temp problem, so I stopped talking to him, so now I'm not talking to anyone, so I'm just curious about my job on the job front and also the work on um, the love front,
2: okay, and you said his name is Mark, and what's his birthday
6: um December third nineteen seventy
2: seven okay, okay, and so are you kind of wanting to know if he's going to come back into your life here? Is that yeah, your I guess, question?
6: I guess if it's okay. over on oh.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, with respect to work, okay, now it's interesting to me because I'm not necessarily seeing a change, at least yet at this point in time. However, I am seeing a A movement upward as far as position, and I am seeing more money come in. Now, that could be coming from a job change, although I'm not seeing it at this point in time. So I feel good about the money aspect of it and promotion, if you will. Okay, so I see some positive things coming in with respect to work um, in that respect. Um, Did you have anything to add to that, Asen?
1: I just feel like the, the money is going to keep building.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. I feel like that you just got to stay focused on the work. Um. You sometimes get stuck into things, and you got to stop that.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. uh I do see good money, though, okay? So that's a positive yeah. sign. I see things moving up. Uh, again, not necessarily what? seeing a job change, not saying that's not something in the future, just not at this point in time. But I agree with Asen. I see money, money definitely being – uh, there's an improvement with money, and there's an improvement with position, if you will. So there could possibly mm-hmm. be even be a promotion involved in that, okay?
6: Yeah, that would be good because I really need that. Oh, yeah, well, I see it coming.
2: Right. <laughs> <What? laughs>
6: Yeah, so Just be really well
2: patient, steady.
6: Trying to nope.
2: stay focused. Okay. Trying.
6: Yeah, with oh, love. Do darling. You,
1: see
6: any... you have with Mark or love or anything? Did you guys see anything?
1: I think you need to focus on your work right now, hon. I Take don't care think care the money comes, first and love come on after. I don't, don't think he's he's there,
2: there yet. Mhm.
6: Because he's, he's one it was, who will
2: come in and out. He's one who will come in and out and he'll get you off focus, but there is a connection there. I don't see it severed. I just don't see the relationship yet or coming back I, yet, not in a way that's going to be satisfactory to you.
6: He lives in Florida, and I had always I always wanted to move to Florida. I went to see him uh-huh. twice this summer, and yeah, it was uh-huh. nice. But it's just, you know, he just seems like he has a temper problem. So overall, I still do want to move to Florida eventually. I feel like in my life, and I'm hoping that comes mm-hmm. soon too. But I don't know because this whole encounter with Florida it seems like it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, doesn't, it, will, it, it doesn't darling. mean you just never. To let it happen. But right now, I see you where you're at, and I see opportunities where you're at. I don't see him as gone. I just don't see you guys in a place yet where you're gonna really move forward in the way that you're gonna be satisfied with and you're gonna be better focusing on you. Because he tends to go in and out he's gotta work through that, you know, a little bit. I don't know if I would call it a relationship phobia, or he just kinda of likes to he likes to be here and then he likes to kind of disappear.
6: He was my first He was the person when I was 17 that I lost my virginity to in high school. He was my first, and now he's 40. I just turned 40, and he came back. So it's like, you know, you would think out of all the relationships that would work, that would be the one that would work, but he seems to have a temper Mm -hmm. problem now. Deep down, I still care about him and wish that it could work. I had to stop it because it seems like he just seems angry now, and he was being angry with me, and I didn't like that. So it's like I still think yeah. about him, you
0: know. Yeah,
2: right. that's why you focus on you. You let him work through his stuff. He's not gone. He's just not ready. What you right. do is you get yourself ready and you take the best care of you for the moment.
0: Yeah. And the
2: next yeah. time he checks in, which he will, see where he's at, see how he's doing. Maybe he can come visit you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay All right.
6: You have a wonderful evening You have then.
2: a
1: lovely evening
6: Thank you
1: Okay So I'm getting ready to prep up To do a Journey of the Pools series This is going to be a three class series So make sure to check out My Facebook event um, Also on eighth and Night Psychic on Facebook. I've also just opened up my Facebook store. You can order email readings, get information on services, see what events I'm doing. What are you up to, Ms. Rainey?
2: Um, I am taking private calls this week at uh, PsychicRain with an E, love.com. You can go in there and set up an appointment with me. Uh, and I will be doing that throughout the week. And um, other than that, we're just hanging out here in Denver and chilling.
1: Cool. Well, and we'll be back. I'll be back on Friday with Joe, and we'll be talking tech issues and other bear topics. So until then, you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you later. Good night, Rainy. Good night, everyone. Good
2: night, Aysen. Good night, everyone. Did you know that you can have a reading with Aeson in person? Or you can reach him by phone, chat, or even text message. You should really check out his site, Aesonite.com, or give him a call. His number is 304-584-3592.
5: Are you looking for loving, caring, spiritual answers? Then you need to give Rainy a call. Her number is 303-416-2977. She's able to give you a reading, see what your life path holds, plus what the angels and crossover loved ones has to say about it. Visit PsychicRainyLove.com for more details. And remember, Rainy spelled R-A-I-N-E.